lot of heat, like Pat Riley. Got them tools for your body part, like O'Reilly. I ain't joking, nigga. My name ain't Ricky Smiley. Fall up in the club and we start wildin'. I keep a lot of heat, like Pat Riley. Got them tools for your body part. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 24 of the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gores. My co-host, Danny, right here. Danny Rice right here, Danny two times, Zone 6 Dan, and of course Justin stopped by again uh, for this episode. We had him on, I think it was two episodes ago, and I know we had him on for the later portion of last episode. Um, it's always fun with him here, so we like inviting him. Crazy day today. Oh, Crazy day. Good, was, to be, good to be a Heat fan. I was today. waiting for, yeah, I was, <laughs> first and foremost, it is a good day to be a Heat fan. Right? I did not wake up this morning expecting that move to be made today. I when I woke up, I was waiting. You know, I was sitting by my phone, just like, all right, when does it start? Like, when does it start? <laughs> like, you know, when they have an eclipse for something, and it's like, when do you, when do you go outside to look? So I'm just waiting for checking, checking, nothing, nothing. And then that was when the Isaiah Thomas. I saw that. It, all I saw was Jordan Clarkson and and um, what's his name, Channing Fry, or excuse me, Larry Nance are going to Cleveland. So I was just like, wait. What are they giving him, you know? And then two minutes later, Isaiah Thomas and uh, Channing Fry, And I'm like, all right. First bomb of the day. <laughs> yeah, for real. It was kind of like when the Joker's like, and here we go. Right. It's like, all right, now everything's started. Let's see what else happens. Unfolding. And so let's start there, though. That was the big, you know, the first big move of the day. Um, Isaiah Thomas going to L.A., Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, uh, coming to play for Cleveland, and it looks like they intend, intend on keeping them. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance <laughs> get to play with LeBron James. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're fascinated about that. I'm sure that, you know, they had a, their friendships in L.A. and whatnot, but it was like, it's time to grow up now. And now they, both get, to, now they both get to play for a contender and maybe try and win a championship this year. I mean, I, I think Jordan Clarkson's a really good player, and... Playing playing with somebody like LeBron or playing with LeBron, there's nobody like LeBron. Playing with LeBron will make you better. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case for half of the season with Jay Crowder. Isaiah Thomas, I'm not going to even go on to that as far as him playing with LeBron or, or how he's played this year because he's played, what, 17 games? And he's coming off of a hip surgery after his best career year. Like, I'm not going to put it on him to, you know, show out like he's supposed to be the best player in the league right after his injury, you know, coming back, rehabbing mm-hmm. a whole new team, whole new system, dealing with egos and everything like that. So, you know, a guy like Drake, Jay Crowder, you can kind of put it like, you know, it's not really fitting. And you realize that he wasn't doing what he was doing in Boston here this year or even close to. So that's why they had to get rid of him. But I think that's a good move for Cleveland. You know, they, they realize that they don't want to pay Isaiah Thomas next year. He wants max money. They don't want to pay him max money. Um, they got two pretty good players for him. Um, Young players. And they let go of him <clears throat> and an older Channing Fry. Two good young players, two athletic players. And um, they weren't done, obviously, and because after that, we saw that they were discussing trades with Sacramento, Sacramento and, Utah. and Utah. And so they brought in George Hill and they brought in Rodney Hood. They lose D Rose and Jay Crowder to Utah. They gave away D Rose. Yeah, they gave. A, they didn't want. They didn't want him anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. They uh, they dumped Shump off in Sacramento, <clears throat> who, 
you you probably stay there because the money that he's getting right now, he's I know he's eligible to opt out of his contract, <clears throat> but no, he's not making that money anywhere else right. if he opts out. So if I'm him, you just got to suck it up and play in Sacramento. Um, Joe Johnson went to Sacramento as well, but they're going to buy him out so he can go to a contender. I saw Boston, Golden State, Houston getting thrown around. Um, a, a heat reunion would be cool. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, do you really want Joe Johnson? It's like, do you really want Joe Johnson to go play for the Warriors? Or do you really want Joe Johnson to go play for the Rockets? Or would you rather Joe Johnson figure it out here? You know, I mean, with the money we have from Deion Waiter's injury and the the space we have for him and the needs we have on offense, I would use James uh, Joe Johnson. I'd take him. I mean, the last time Babbitt, Wade, and Johnson were on the same team, we went to the playoffs. Yeah, we were we were a game away from playing LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. So, um, in other you know Heat Cavs news, Wade was brought up in this conversation when Woj dropped the bomb of the day. Yep, and um, you know basically Heat fans rejoice on this beautiful eighth day of February um, on the two thousand eighteenth year of the world, I guess. And uh, I've never seen the city so happy. Everybody, like. Twitter went crazy. This is still going crazy. Gabrielle Union went crazy. Look, she's happy. She said, 305 home. Let's go. He can't wait. 50,000 likes. Because she can wear bikinis that. now. <laughs> Word. She can, go out, she can go out and tan. She doesn't then have her to put girlfriends on. live in Cleveland. Yeah. All of us live in Miami. She didn't have to layer up to go outside the house. It was hot as hell today. And yeah. they got fucking four feet of snow in Cleveland right now, probably. Like... You can't beat Miami. And he's not, he doesn't have to pay state income tax anymore. Come on. So we're going to get back into the Dwayne Wade situation with Miami. Um, obviously, Miami made moves for Luke Babbitt to come back. He yep. was a part of the 2015 um, playoff team. And O'Carl White's gone. That's what, you know, that's what it cost. Unfortunately, I like O'Carl White. And I, I liked his athleticism and defense, his ability to make the open shot. But he's been hurt. Yeah, he has a broken Hasn't foot. played all season, and, I mean, it doesn't look like he's getting better pretty soon because we haven't released any injury update. Atlanta obviously just waved him off bat. You know, if he was coming back in a, in a month, I don't think Atlanta would have waved him. You know, that's a good talent right there, mm-hmm. but and at a cheap price. But the fact that they did wave him just probably shows signs that, you know, he might not be on his way back. I'm excited for McGruder's return. Yeah, we're coming up to the All-Star break. They said he might be good to go once the All-Star break's done. So hopefully within the next three weeks, we see Rodney out there again. Which, shit, when Rodney's out there, we're going to be holding teams to like 75 points a game. And I'm not even exaggerating. We, I miss Rodney, bro. Yeah, I mean, and that's why they call him a scavenger, because he goes out, plays hard defense all game, and he can make his open shot. You know what I mean? He'll make mm-hmm. his open shot, and he'll, and he'll do a little bit more. So we don't ask him for, you know, the world, but just play solid defense. He's guarding 6'8", six, 6'9", six, players when he's, what, 6'5", maybe? 6'5", mm-hmm. I think? And people forget, he was a rookie last year, undrafted, and he started like 65 games for us last year, and he will lock your best player down. That's just that's facts. Right? It's facts. You can't argue with it. That's scientifically we saw, proven. We saw... Orlando gave Alfred Payton away on the garage sale to Phoenix for a second-round pick. Um, 
I like it for Phoenix. Yeah, of course. Because their point, their point guard situation is iffy. Of course, I mean, with Brandon Knight down and Tyler. You Lewis told me you can give me a starting point guard for a second round pick, especially in the Phoenix Suns circumstances where they desperate. Need. And Alfred Payton's like twenty three. He's very young. Yeah. Like he, they, that was a great. Trade and to for put them. him next to Devin Booker, you know, you never know how competitive they can get in practice and see if you know that'll elevate his game. Yeah. And change his ways because he was playing with Oladipo and he had. A pretty decent season before Oladipo left Orlando. After that, that backcourt went to Fournier. And Fournier is, I mean, he's a good player, but I don't think he's somebody that's going to get you better as a point guard or somebody that's going to really make an impact on your career like Devin Booker. You know, Devin Booker to me has it in him to be a superstar for years to come and, you know, one of the faces of the league. So, I mean, that could help him. With all these trades that went on, who do you think you know won won the day, and why? I think the Lakers won the day because I think that team. Sometimes youth can be used to your advantage, you know, in the sense of like what you're saying with Alfred Payton and Devin Booker. Like sometimes two young people getting together. Like I think we're seeing it now with Embiid and Ben Simmons. Like when you have two young stars, they're hungry. They want to compete. They want to you know. Kind of, in a sense, one up each other, and then that works out to the team's benefits because you're going to get the best out of those two players. So I think that wasn't the case in um, L.A., though. So I think with bringing in somebody like, you know, Isaiah Thomas, I think that's going to benefit Lonzo Ball a lot Mm -hmm. to learn a player, especially, you know, because you got to think a lot of people bring up Isaiah Thomas as he is now, but a lot of people forget that he's been around the league quite a bit. Right. I mean, this is probably what his fifth, you know, fifteen. Right. So he's yeah. gonna learn more than just the game on the court. He's gonna learn more about how it is as a business. Dealing with yeah, being a professional. Right. So I think, and I think he can kind of be an extension to, uh, to Walton. So I think I right, think the right. Lakers benefited also. I think the biggest part that benefited the Lakers is cap space. Yeah. Now, with all this cap space freed up, and they've been they've been trying to make these moves for the past two seasons. So coming in to this free agency, I mean, obviously it was still kind of like up in the air if Paul George maybe go. I mean, the way it was looking right. with how he's doing at OKC, they're looking on the up and up, but he still wants that feeling of home. So Possibly. this. I think this takes it from a 50-50 to possibly like a 60-40, 70-30 at best. <clears throat> so I think that was the big winner because they freed up a lot of cap space, but they also got some veteran leadership on that team. Right, they have space for two max contracts now. So. Assuming they don't re-sign Julius Randle in the offseason. Which they then should I, Then I think they'll have around $64 million in cap space freed up and to go after two max players. But So who, so who, do, you, who do you think won the day? The city of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with the hometown. I, like, un, unbiased. I mean, honestly, like, I, I do think Cleveland made really good moves, um, getting a lot of names off their books. But at the end of the day, Tristan Thompson, as your starting center, is not – you're not going to win a championship with someone like that in the paint. I wish I would have seen them go after a center like DeAndre or even Gortat or, or Dwight even, like – more aggressively, but uh, I don't know. I'm going with I'm going with Miami, obviously, because it's it's more sentimental than anything mm-hmm. at the end of the day. <clears throat> um, 
you know, my thing is with Cleveland, they did a good job of getting a name. You know, they got rid of a lot of names that they didn't need and, you know, problems that were probably holding them back. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do post-LeBron. It's obvious, you know, because they can have, you know, a little bit of good thoughts that LeBron's coming back. But in reality, does anybody really believe that? No. Um, So my thing is, for this year, they're trying to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals and obviously go to the finals for the eighth straight year. With LeBron James, all things are possible. I think he can take a team of, of scrubs, which... He's done in the past to the finals. Um, my problem is the Cavs have been so inconsistent and they've had so much drama from within to where they basically just got five new players, was it? Five new players? With 29 games left in the season. So for those players to come in and figure it out from two different teams, to come in and figure it out, one from a team that was focused on getting done with the season – figuring out what their draft pick is going to be in the Lakers to a team with Utah uh, being one of the better defensive teams in the league coming off seven straight wins. um, That's kind of going to disrupt them to me. But Cleveland is just bringing these five players in. And I'd say what? I know that Rodney Hood is going to start. I hope Rodney Hood starts. And yeah. um, Yeah, I don't think I think they're all bench. They're other bench players, but just to bring them in and, and try to figure out that rotation and how things are going to go, it's a tough job for Tyron Lue to do to where that if it doesn't work out, do you really look at Tyron Lue and say that he's doing a bad job with this? You know, I would have said that if you kept the lineups the way they were for the rest of the season and, you know, they kept playing bad. But it's pretty hard to get a whole new half a team and try to just orientation halfway through the season. You know what I'm saying? So I do agree with Justin that Los Angeles did win the day with the trades. Um uh, clearing up cap space for next year. You're not going to have Jordan Clarkson. You're not going to re-sign Larry Nance worrying about a mega superstar. You're not going to worry about Julius Randle after the season if you do sign a superstar. So you need to figure out who's the superstar going to be and how you can build around that. You know what I mean? So that's what they are going to need to figure out. Miami did win big, obviously. I'm not taking that away from them. Did they win more? Not in my opinion, no. But it was a huge win because, one, it wasn't a huge win. It was a bit. It was. It was a good win. It was a good trade that they did for Wade. You know, and I'm glad Cleveland was classy enough to kind of let Wade dictate mm-hmm. his future and let him, you know, go back to Miami for a 2024 middle school or <laughs> the day. Yeah. You know, like, but a bag of chips. I, I love Tyler Johnson. I love Tyler Johnson. I, I I'd hope that we could just pay him 19 million each year. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I know Miami was really trying to get rid of his contract and. That would have either had to been Winslow and or Whiteside, not Andor, but Winslow or Whiteside with Tyler to get him out. And I don't know if we would have got anything much back. So we didn't make any moves, obviously. Um, so I'm happy about that personally, but I know that going forward, we're probably going to have to figure that out because to go ahead and sign an off-season superstar with that contract for the next two years is going to be tough. Um, but Dwayne Way is back. Let's get on, let's get on that topic. Flash is back. Father Prime. Dad. Dad. Father Prime is Father back. Father Prime is back. Father so, Prime is back. With Dwayne Wade being back, do you see him coming back to the starting lineup? I'm not talking about the first game he comes back. I'm I'm just saying, you know, from for the next 25 games of the year. 
think that's up to him, to be honest. I mean, we've seen it a little bit in Cleveland. From what he said in Cleveland... But he lied. Yeah. He lied. Well, yeah, he lied. But <laughs> in some games, you know, he had a little more to give. And then, but we don't know if that's more of a father child catching up or we don't know if it's the mentality right. of the locker room. Right. So I think inserting himself into this more, you know, I guess you could say un- unity kind of group, mm-hmm. we'll see where his place lies. But, I mean, I think the good part is it's not too much of a problem because I think it's his versatility. He can do either or. I think if he comes off the bench, right. he's gonna, you know. I don't think I don't think we're gonna have Dwayne Wade coming off the bench personally in Miami. It's one. If you want to look at it that way, it's a little disrespectful. I think he'll come off the bench for the first <laughs> couple games, um, get him, you know, back in the system of things. But one, uh, I think Dwayne Wade's the best guard on our team now. You know what I'm saying? And that's just out of respect, and that's just. Fence. I mean, it's Tyler Johnson, Goran Dragic, Dwayne Wade. Uh, you want to put Rodney Magruder in there? Okay. But you're not going to tell me that there's one better scorer on this team than Dwayne Wade, really. Um, so he's somebody that can close the game. He's somebody that you can lean on, you know, who is our Dion, quote-unquote. Um, you know, last two minutes of a game, close game, run the offense through him. And he's used to it. This is not like it's going to be new to him. Like, oh, we got Dwayne Wade like the Bulls did. It's just like, you know, he's back home. He's back with us. He's already done this. So I think it's just going to flow. I think he's, he's, he's comfortable with it. And I'm glad that he knows Cleveland's system now. So now when we do see when him we play the them in the playoffs, yeah. He knows what plays they're running. He know, I mean, obviously it's not going to be the same teammates. They don't even have the same teammates. But he's going to know what Ty Lue wants to do with his team. And um, who knows LeBron better than Wade, right? But does Ty Lue even know what he wants to do with his team no. at this point? <coughs> no, he does not. I don't think Ty Lue knew what he wanted to do with his team since he got hired. To me, the biggest thing is not so much of Wade coming off the bench or not. I think the biggest thing is how Spo manages his minutes. I think the minutes are going to factor in more than anything. But I just don't think it's a problem. Like, Because to me, I think it's like we have Wade. He can help us. You know what I mean? We have our system. We have, you know, our rotations, and Tyler Johnson's going to give you good minutes. He's been a little, you know, slacky the last couple of weeks, I guess, but he was hurt. He came back. He's mm-hmm. not found a rhythm yet. It's going to come. After the All-Star break, we always make a good push. Um, so I think having Wade to fall back on, like I'm saying, at the end of a game, instead of Jay Rich taking that shot, instead of Winslow passing that ball and let Wade handle the ball and let Wade dictate the rest of your regular season, mm-hmm. I would – you know, if I'm going to put all my trust in somebody on the team, it's going to be doing Wade. And we were talking about this earlier, me and Danny, where we were saying that we think Wade brings the best out of Whiteside. And hopefully, you know, it shows because he he really pushed him. He really motivated him. He really got him. You remember when Whiteside was this guy who, who could have been the – he could be the best big man in the league, but he doesn't care. He He's a mm-hmm. fool. He was, no, always getting, Wade, he was always getting yeah, technical Dwayne Wade fouls. Dwayne Wade cut that out. That Spo cut that out. And big to Spo and big to Wade for cutting that out. Um, and, you know, they tightened him up. So hopefully, I don't, obviously Whiteside's problems aren't, you know, with his antics or, or, or caring mentality. It's more of just 
he's like, not, it's like he's mental, not delivering like his every ego. night how he should. He's not always I mean? checked in all the way. So I think with Dwayne Wade being back here, it's going to push him to be better and push everybody else to be better. You know, it's, it's like having big brother, and you know, watch you at your basketball game, I guess. So I feel like it sets a higher standard now with Wade being back in the locker room. Exactly. UD's like, it's like UD's over there who's watching these guys back here. You know, it's like you got somebody over here and somebody over here keeping the but bus. But now you have chaperone. the greatest player in your franchise's history and a top three shooting guard of all time. That is Dwayne Wade. Exactly. Like, and you have him in your locker room. You're playing for his franchise. He's in the locker room with you now. You're going to be playing with him now. And Dwayne Wade's hungry now. Let me let me tell you this. Dwayne Wade signed with Cleveland thinking that he was getting that pass to the finals. Isaiah Thomas, when he got traded, Jay Crowder, when he got traded, all thought they had the path to the finals this year. They were just, you know, well, that's why everything was, you know, it's the regular season. We're going to figure it out. We'll figure it out. You know, we're going to the finals. Now, these guys are like, oh, shit. You know, shit hit the fan. What do we do now? Wade has a good chance in getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, to be honest. That's not being biased or a Heat fan. Um, do uh, Jay Crowder and or Derrick Rose, I don't think it's going to be playing for anybody anymore. But does Jay Crowder have a great chance of making the Western Conference Finals? I don't think so. Um, do Isaiah Thomas, he doesn't have a chance at, at making the playoffs. Not so, at all, yeah. You know, I think Wade's coming to Miami with a hungry mentality Felt like he was almost going to get there again, win his fourth championship. And it just got like the dream. Like they kind of all just woke up from the dream. All right. Now you fell back in Miami. The two years never happened. We'll ignore it. Produce. You know what I mean? I'm happy. I'm happy ways back. Bro. I'm just hype. I got it all out of my system already earlier. But when I, when I watch that game tomorrow night, that home game against Milwaukee, and they, they do the whole the return Dwayne. thing for Wade and... Oh, that building, that building is gonna fucking collapse and sink into the Biscayne Bay, bro. That shit is, that shit's gonna collapse. It's gonna be like an earthquake in that building, bro. I'm telling you. Oh, especially when it makes his first basket. That that oh announcer is gonna the Dwayne Wade. That Dwayne. Wade. Wade. That Wade is gonna last for an eternity. He's like Wade. <laughs> Hold like, that bitch for like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know Coach Tony's going to be on TV like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> Eric Reed's going to be like, well, you know, Tony, I've been waiting for that. He's going to wait to say vintage way too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he, can't, he can't wait. Oh, man. This was a move that the Heat desperately needed to make, and I'm glad that Pat did. Because these past ten games, Oof. we've been fucking, we've been this slipping and sliding, and we're just at the All Star break now. And everybody knows how Spo's teams do after the All Star break. That's when Spo has it all figured out, his rotations and whatnot, and that's when his teams go on a tear. And I think adding Wade, that's like the that's the fucking cherry on top. Honestly, I like it. So. Quick stat, Julius Randle is the only remaining Laker on the uh, roster from two years ago. Last link to the Kobe era. Now, another one of Team LeBron's all-stars got hurt, Kristaps Porzingis, which is super sad because he wasn't having his best year. 
and he, this was actually going to be the year that everybody was looking at him like, now that Melo's gone, you know, what, mm-hmm. what can you do by yourself? And he was kind of struggling. He was showing signs of fatigue throughout the year and just, you know, just just struggles. And you could tell that the, the performance of the Knicks in general were getting to him, much like we saw with Melo the last couple of years he was in New York. Um Maybe this injury just, you know, lets him focus on rehabbing, clearing his mind, coming back healthy for next year. The Knicks aren't going to do anything anyways. So they did make the move for uh, Emmanuel Moutier. They gave away big buckets. Yeah, and it was a three-way trade. Yeah, it was a three-way trade. I don't have the facts in front of me, but I know Dougie McBuckets went to um, Dallas. Dallas and Moutier. Devin Moutier Harris came. was involved. Yeah, Devin, Devin Harris, Harris went, went to Denver. Denver. And, and it was then, a pick, I think. There yeah. was a pick. Yeah, I think so. But, but we're talking about players, not picks, so. So, you know, with Moutier coming to New York, that's pretty exciting because I thought he was going to come into the NBA, what was that, 2015, I think it was, and and have a pretty good career. But everyone else in Denver fucking took off. Everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Denver and fucking. And they drafted Jamal Murray, and, and he's been balling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've been having Moutier in the D-League, in, in the G-League. So I'm glad he's got like a fresh start. Look at Trey Burke. Trey Burke came off the D League or the G League, excuse me, and he's been balling with New York. You talked. So. You De- Denver fucking took Trey Lyles Shit. so we could get Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Shit. For real. Now, who did the Warriors? Who did the Warriors make moves for? I saw earlier that the only move they were going to make if they were going to make one was um to like cut somebody who was taking up cap space because they didn't really do much i think they said they were throwing javel mcgee's name around that if they were going to clear some space to to find somebody on the bench to fill a spot that they'd probably cut javel mcgee i don't think it ever happened because i didn't see anything about it so i guess this uh writer for espn he said that the Golden State Warriors were the biggest winners, I guess, because of the Cavs' new lineups. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so. They've got a point. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, if it wasn't already made apparent that Golden State was the clear favorite going into the finals, it is now. Because I said this before, and I'm going to say it again, especially now. Does LeBron make it to the finals? Honestly. I mean, with Boston, I think I think Boston, the biggest thing for Boston is that they managed to stay with their core group. And obviously, Miami, we got much better. So it presents a question with, especially like you said, with what, 29 games left? You have only, they only have five players that were on the 2017 NBA Finals team. They have five players. One of them is the worst starting shooting guard in the league. Another one's injured for six to eight weeks. Obviously, you have the best player on the planet. Kyle Corver's going to do what Kyle Corver does, and that's his threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tristan Thompson, we already we already have in the worst, question. The worst starting center in the NBA. He's not even a center, bro. They got a power up, forward playing center. Taking up cap space. So, I mean, can I mean, I feel like LeBron is, like, one of, like, the – like a babysitter and you walk into like a house full of like baby kids and you're like what do I do now like so I mean I I honestly feel bad for LeBron I mean I think I don't think they're in a good spot right oh, now oh no 
But I don't feel bad for LeBron because LeBron is, you know, he's very secretive and he wants to hold everything back from his from his franchise. And, I mean, that's what's going to happen. We don't know what you're planning to do, so we're going to do this just in case you choose to do what you want to do. Now, if you were to have been more clear with us, maybe we can go about this another way. You know, obviously things from the past with the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron aren't good anyway. And the only reason he returned is because he promised that he would bring a championship to Cleveland and he did it. It wasn't to reconciliate with the owner. It wasn't to obviously to please Ohio. It was, it was more for his hometown. It wasn't for anything other than that. Um, so everything between LeBron and the end of his contract is going to be shaky. And that's just what's happening. So I think that even if they didn't know, I'm pretty sure they do have some inclination that he's gone, which is why they made these moves. Right. But at the same time, if they don't, which if they don't, then they're blind. They're kind of like, well, 2010 <coughs> or going into 2010, we thought we knew it all. And then we were left with trash until LeBron decided to come back. So I yeah, think right. they're like, all right, just in case. Yeah, of course. They're kind of planning for, like, worst-case scenario, which isn't the, the worst thing. No, that's what they have to do because it's like, why would you let them walk away if you can get something for what you have now and prepare for your future because your future is going to be rough. Kobe Altman, I give it to him. He did a great job today. Um, that's the general manager of the Cavs, obviously. He's mm-hmm. a rookie. And, you know, he managed his roster how he felt he had to do it. I think he did He had a, a great a first really trade deadline. Him, but his job didn't start yet. His job's going to start this summer. When LeBron James tells him no thank you and he has to figure out who he's going to sign this summer. He has to figure out what kind of roster he wants to go with for the future. If, they, you know, if they're going to have to just start with the draft picks again, all of that. Um, I wanted to see DeAndre Jordan get moved uh, just because I don't, you know, the Clippers are boring. I don't, I don't watch Clippers games and I don't know anybody who does, but... DeAndre Jordan has talent, and he's been, he's been like, you know, just underachieving because of his, his, his team. Then again, I can, you know, argue with myself and say that Chris Paul made DeAndre Jordan who he is because of his passing ability and his, you know, way to get people open ability. Um, but there's no stopping the fact that DeAndre Jordan is a great rebounder, great defending big or rim protector and uh, rim protection and rebounds take you deep in the playoffs Um, if Toronto would have made a move like Jonas Valanciunas and Norman Powell for DeAndre Jordan or like Norman Powell or Valanciunas in a pick or something like that that would have been pretty good and I think that they would have had a better chance of making it out the east this year but with Jonas Valanciunas how, how good is he? He averages like 12 and 8 or like 11 and 8 no assist and he plays like 20 minutes 21 minutes a game like he looked nasty against us in 2015 yeah but Whiteside got hurt I know and then he got and they both ended up getting hurt and then that's where fucking Biombo got that big ass contract (laughs) yeah Orlando's like here I like that block you had fuck out of here fuck out of here I fucking hate that man nah I was definitely hoping that DeAndre Jordan would be moved I thought Clippers were kind of going to pull uh, what Atlanta did a few years ago and have like a fire sale of all the All-Stars. <laughs> right. Just mm-hmm. complete reboot. I was actually somewhat surprised that they gave Lou Will that three-year extension. I was a little bit surprised about that. 
Um, but yeah, I was hoping DeAndre Jordan would move. I mean, yeah, you can say, well, he only does this and he only does that. But the things that he does, he does them extremely well. He does them better than a lot of other big men. And he doesn't deviate from what he's known for, what he does. Like, he's made it very public. He's not He's not going to spread the floor. He's not right. a three-point shooter. He's not a mid-range shooter. He's an old-fashioned center. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to defend. And he's going to dunk on you. So, And he's extremely athletic. So you can't really fault him for at least putting himself out there. Like, he's not trying to be anything that he's not. But the thing, like I said, I think that he does the things that he does do. He does them extremely well. So I don't know. I guess this off season we'll see what the Clippers do. I think a lot of teams are gonna have the question on the hands of what they do with their coaches. Hence Clippers, right? Uh, Cleveland, I think Cleveland. You know, with a completely different roster and maybe seeing LeBron leave, and then you gotta look. Okay, well if you're gonna basically rebuild your whole team and rebuild your identity. Well, you kind of exactly. need the coach that's going to get you there, and I don't think Ty Lue is the coach. I just think Ty Lue is the person that's oldest in that locker room, and, and he, he basically just, you know, chaperones them to the games. We know LeBron's the coach of that team. Mm-hmm. We know LeBron's the coach of the teams he's on, really, at the end of the day, because if he's not happy, how's your team going to be good? So it's LeBron James. You have to, you know, you have to give him that. And that's like, you know, the, 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 the curse and the blessing when you sign him because it's like you know that you're going to go to the finals. You know that you're going to possibly win championships. But you also know that he's going to be quiet when it's time to talk. You know that he's going to try to dictate things in the organization. And that can kind of, like, catapult you it's, it's going to take you good for the short haul and just bring you back for the long run. And that's what happened with Miami. Um, that's what's happening with Cleveland the second time. Because obviously Cleveland had a great, you know, run with LeBron in the beginning when they drafted him and they rose up, whatever, whatever. But when he, he came back and four years ago and now he's leaving. So it's going to be very, very, very depressing for Cleveland for the next <laughs> couple years unless they find another LeBron James in, in, in the draft in the next three or four years I don't think it's going to happen um, a lot of NBA talk today but we're going to switch over to the NFL where your Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles letting it fly burning down their city for the culture acting, acting really Philly-ish Free Meek Free Meek Mill. Free Meek before we get into all that I did want to, uh, you know, shout out Edwin Jackson. It was pretty tragic on what happened to him. Edwin Jackson. I'm actually going to read this piece that they wrote here. This was pretty this was pretty nice. It says, Edwin Jackson, Colts linebacker, tragically lost his life last Sunday morning when a suspended, when a suspected drunk driver crashed him uh, and a 50, uh, 54-year-old man. Excuse me. The driver drove onto the emergency shoulder where both men had been standing. Edwin was only 26. Please remember to not drink and drive, especially on days like today, built around parties. Um, so, rest in peace, Edwin Jackson. Obviously, being a Colts fan, I, I heard he was a really great guy. Everybody said, like Rasul Butler, like rest in peace, Rasul uh, Butler as well. We lost, we lost a Heat lifer, but he was a really good guy, one of the nicest guys. You know what I mean? Just personality-wise, and being in the locker room and hanging out with him. So, obviously unfortunate when anybody goes, but especially a good soul. Um, 
That's crazy. And with that being said, the 49ers just made their four start. What was it? Four start. Four start man. Seven. No. Six. Seven career. Yeah. So he started six. like four games for them last year. Four or five games for them last year. Six. Six starts seven. this year. He's got seven career starts. Okay. Well. And he's now the highest paid player, player ever on a per history. year basis. Twenty-seven and a half a year is it? No, it is, it is, it is, it is 27 and a half because Matthew Stafford's getting 27 a year and he's getting 27 and a half. Yep. Um, what that means is that obviously all in, Jimmy G. Um, what happens with these quarterbacks now that just become free agents? Is it like a quarterback's market now? It's like, is, crazy, are, are we going to see this be the. NBA, you know, um, off-season signing when multiple teams want him, we'll just give him the biggest, we'll just give him the biggest, the bigger check. You know, if you're a quarterback and you're doing good, are you going to be a guaranteed five-year, twenty-eight million, you know, a year? Andrew Luck, then it was Stafford. Now we have Jimmy G. And goes back even further. I that. thought Andrew Luck had a hefty-ass payday, and then they wanted to throw the Brinks truck. And it does go back even further than that. So money's getting longer. And it's about to go a little bit further because you know who my Packers have to lock up this offseason. And I've been trying to figure out what this means for Aaron Rodgers or even for Kirk Cousins. Right. Because Kirk Cousins is going to sign somewhere. What do you throw at Kirk Cousins? Nick Foles. No, no, no. What team is going to throw – 140 million at Kirk Cousins. Obviously, if you're the Packers, you have to start the negotiations at five years, 150 mil. You have to start it at 30 mil a year. You li- like you literally have to. And you hope that Rodgers takes it, and that you build through the draft, all those pieces that you need. We need edge rusher and whatnot, but. Like, literally, this dude has started seven football games, and he just got the biggest deal in NFL history on an average per year basis at $27.5 million per year. What does that mean for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who's still in his prime? Can Green Bay afford $28 million a year? They're going to make it work. They're going to have to. We have, we have so much money tied up in our wide receiving core right now between Jordy and Randall and now Devontae because we signed him to an extension, which we needed because he's the best wide receiver on the team. But you get Jordy and Randall to restructure or fuck it, you cut one of them. Not Jordy. I would rather have Jordy just because it's like, it's like having Wade in Miami, like Jordy and Green Bay. But I don't know what the hell do you what what do you offer to Aaron Rodgers when he sees the Niners throwing money like that at Jimmy G? I mean, you have to look at it and be like, if I'm the Packers, I'm looking at it like, listen, motherfucker, we're trying to win the Super Bowl. If you want us to pay you this much, we won't win the Super Bowl. Because true, how are we gonna help you? So, do you want to win this money, or do you want to win the Super Bowl now? A quarterback like Jimmy G is like, or an owner like John Lynch is, or not an owner, excuse me, a a GM like John Lynch is like, listen, Jimmy G, we want to give you the world and then we'll try to build a team around you, you know, when we can or however we can. We have good draft picks. 
We'll get a good draft pick, and you know we'll build from there. But let's get you let's get you settled in now. The Packers are already you know settled in. They have most of their team ready. You guys have holes on defense that you need to worry about. And with free agency and the draft, you have to have to have to address that. And if I'm not mistaken, you have to fill an offensive line on. I think you need help on that offensive line because I know you have a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, but it's not what it was four years ago. No, not when we had Josh Sitton and TJ Lang, who both left. Exactly. Um, so, and the thing is, when you look at these other quarterbacks like Jimmy G, Stafford, uh, even Joe Flacco from years ago, like when you look at all these other quarterbacks getting all this money, in which at their perspective times was the most contract that any player or quarterback had gotten, who else is on the team that deserves that much money? I mean, Stafford, who else deserves that much money on the, on the Lions? There's exactly. not one player on that team. Same thing with the Niners. Exactly. Like, same thing with the Colts, no offense. Like, no, yeah. Like, it, the quarterback on these teams is, like, the clear-cut best player, and everyone, no one else on the team is even close. And don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers is the clear-cut best player on the team, but the Packers have a lot of good, skilled position players. You guys have Mike Daniels. You guys have uh, Jordy Nelson. You guys have Devontae Adams. Um, even a guy like Randall Cobb, you're not going to pay him buku money, but you have to respect his talent and the fact that, you know, the money has to go around. And with the Colts, like, you're right. You know, we could pay T.Y. Hilton X amount of money and Andrew Luck. Really, who else would we pay that money to? You know, let's yeah. figure this out. So it, it, it's going to, it's either contention or, or money. And I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is I would hope he'd mad, pick contention I, over no, of anything. Course. And I hope they pay him a respectable number, but... I hope that he doesn't have high standards like this because it's not going to work. You guys have to worry about keeping two out of three of your receivers because you're not even going to keep Randall Cobb or Jordy Nelson. You know what I mean? How are you going to cry about paying this guy $30 million a year? I think Rodgers is smart enough as a, as a man and as a human being that, if, that he sees a deal like this and he kind of just like doesn't let it phase him, you know, because he knows that – like the only reason they can do that is because he knows the Niners are not they're not uh fucking not gonna content, win. they're not contending they're gonna for a Super Bowl. They're just they're trying to lock this dude up. I I've Rogers is obviously a smart enough guy where he knows And Rogers Green Bay is sign a five year deal. No. Green Bay is gonna offer him the deal that they feel he deserves and hopefully he feels the same because he understands that one, we saw it this year because him getting injured this year, the mask came off in the within the organization, and everything went to shit. That's yeah. why we cleaned house. Yeah. That's why everything. And he he knows we have holes on defense that we need to take care of. And I I think like he he'll take a respectable number, whatever whatever we offer him. And I think that's the other big difference between Rogers' situation and quarterbacks like Stafford and so on and so forth. Let's be honest, none of these like these other quarterbacks their teams are they really I mean they're barely in playoff contention let alone Super Bowl contention you have somebody like Rodgers I'll even throw Breeze in there obviously Brady you have quarterbacks like these you're pretty much in contention every year yeah so I mean if you're like somebody like I mean, I'll just keep using Stafford as an example if you're somebody like Stafford you're like please okay, do because yeah. I, I love when, <laughs> I love talking shit about the rivals you're like okay we're clearly not anywhere near a Super Bowl contention. We're just we're still worried about just making the playoffs on a regular basis. So if we're not in contention anytime soon, where else is all this money going? 
Like, Might as well lock this dude up who's been our quarterback for nine years. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's, not, it's not like you still got a damn Ndamukong Sue or a Megatron that you got to worry about. You just got Stafford. So, I, and I think Aaron Rodgers will be fairly reasonable. He's a, he's a smart enough guy. Like, you just – he knows. He knows. He knows we have holes on defense. He knows we have to fill it. And he he wants to win. Selfish. Yeah, he's no, far yeah. from selfish. So he I wants to win a ring or two. That's going to be the problem. He's trying to win MVP again. Last time he broke his collarbone, he came back, won MVP the next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. No, I think that he'll look at this as kind of like, yeah, all right, you know, they got their money, you know, that that's that's them. This is me. Yeah, he knows his place, and that's not right. to say again with talent. It's not about talent. It's about your team situation and, and where you want to take your franchise. You're not going to take your franchise to the Super Bowl if you're expecting $30 million a year and your wide receivers are arguing for seven. You know what I mean? And your defense has holes in it. So Packers will be fine. We're going to have to pay a big-time cornerback this season. I know that. In this offseason, we're going to have to bring in somebody. Shit, even fucking – they could sign Malcolm Butler. He's not going back to New England. I would love to have Malcolm Butler in the green and yellow. I would have I would love that Butler in the Alcorn Orange. <laughs> yeah, anybody wants Butler, right? Hell no, Butler's trash, nigga. No, 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 he's not, he's not. Um Let's get back to the Super Bowl though. We didn't we didn't even get to talk about the Super Bowl like that. The most yards ever in a fucking NFL Hold game. On. If you told me the score was gonna be 41-33, if you would have told me that Tom Brady was gonna throw <laughs> he said, screw Butler. If you told me that Tom Brady was going to throw for 500 yards, I would have said, all right, well, congrats to the New England Patriots. They did it again. They won 41-33 like that. But Nick Foles. 373 and three touchdowns. And he and caught, caught one. And a catch a touchdown. He had four touchdowns. Um, Alshon Jeffrey made big plays when he had to. Nelson Aguilar. Zach Ertz. Let me ask you guys real quick. Who did I tell you was going to be the X Factor in that game? Zach Ertz. Who scored a game with a touchdown? Zach Ertz. Who's got that clutch third down right there? Zach Ertz. But at the same time, me and Danny did say the run game was going to be very prominent. Right. Ooh, the next right. Hold on. Right. And Clement went off. Right. Ajayi. Where'd Clement, where'd Clement go to school? I think. Uh, what's that school's name? Wisconsin. And where did James White go to school when he fucking St. Thomas Aquinas Broward? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, no. Wisconsin quarterbacks. I mean, running backs. My bad. I'm I'm feeling myself. Wisconsin running backs dominate Super Bowls. It's just facts. It's facts. Now can't argue it. Yes, they're. Dap me up for calling the run game, by the way, because we knew. We also, knew. I said Gronk was going to go off, which he did. Granted, he it did. took the second half. But hey, he had his own drive. He literally took the deep, the, team, <laughs> the defense all the way back down. Anybody would have known that. So we're on Instagram Live right now, and we got Sebastian watching, commenting right now. Sorry to cut us off, but he wants to yeah, see Broward, baby. let the world know. <laughs> uh, go Dolphins, go Eagles. Fuck Brady. Fuck Brady, <laughs> fuck Butler. Nelson balled out. Ertz been balling all year. Go James White, Broward, baby. True. Appreciate you for tuning in, bro. <laughs> also, quick shout out to the guy who threw Nick Foles that touchdown. Trey, former Trey Burton. Trey Burton, former Florida Gator. Okay. Just, just a little shout out. Chomp, right. chomp, chomp, chomp. 
Shout out Philip Dorset for catching that L. <laughs> Former <laughs> Hurricane. <laughs> but no, it was a great game. It was touchdown, 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 touchdown. And I, I kid you not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this for the podcast or anything like that. I'm sitting on the couch on that drive that Brady fumbled, and literally the play happened, like the play before that happened, and they're lining up, and I said, yo, this these defenses hasn't been able to stop each other, and there hasn't been a pick by the Eagles defense or a sack all game right there what happened. I said a turnover, not a pick, excuse me. I said there hasn't been a turnover or a sack all game, and right on that play, literally, strip sack. I was like, this is what Philly needed, like, but there was too much time left, so it wasn't over. It wasn't just automatically over. They still had to either score again um, or just keep getting first downs and kill the clock. And, they and then they ended up getting the fucking ball they, back like 20 seconds later. Brady, bro, they, they gave Brady some chance. chances at the end, man. I, I was a little worried. I was just like sweating. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, you can't. That last play of the game was like. <sighs> you saw Kobe Bryant's reaction? No. Nah. Yeah. Nah, you saw it? He, has, he was holding his daughter. He yeah. was losing his mind. I want to see if I can. Um, if I can find that so we can listen to it. That was actually hilarious. He was like... I saw I saw Will Smith's that? reaction. That was hilarious. Yeah. Here, look. We got Kobe Bryant's reaction right nowhere. No, we got it right here. That, it was hilarious how he was so happy. I mean, Philadelphia's been waiting for this forever, you know, and Eagles fans are the rowdiest of them all when it comes down to it. So for the rowdiest crowd to be able to celebrate, you know, with tears of joy... So, you know, you just got to give it to him. Um, here's the Kobe Bryant reaction I was talking about. He's got the baby in his arm running around. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> so that was pretty hilarious. It's good to see Kobe happy. Yeah. He never got to celebrate a championship outside of basketball, I'm sure. So there goes that. I think it's funny. And I'll admit when I'm wrong, but we even said when we were doing the predictions, I was like, I think Brady's gonna kind of do like, you know, put it on Nick Foles, see if he responds. And then you even said, yeah, if it's a U score, I score game, Brady's walking it's out. Over. Well, Nick Foles said, hold up one <laughs> minute. And I got something for you. Shout out to Doug Peterson. Doug, he's got some balls. I have so much love for Doug Peterson, bro. The Philly Special. They have a play named the Philly Special. And they waited for fourth and goal in the Super Bowl to use it. And it was so smooth. It was perfect. Smooth. It was perfect. It, honest to God, reminded me of the play in Longest Yard. <laughs> when they're going for the two to win. And Adam Sandler's like, I don't, they don't know the play. I don't know what's going on. And then they just call hike. Like, it was so smooth. He goes up to the line thinking they're making the audible. No. That's the play, and it happened, and it's crazy because that play will be remembered even more for the simple fact of if Brady would have caught that third and five. Oh man, we might be talking about a different game. Oh man, so which makes it even more memorable. But no, hats off. Yeah, Doug Peterson, he did what a lot fail to do: stay with what you know. Yep. 
foot on the gas, yep. foot on it's the It's a throw. Super Bowl. You can't stop. Now, if you're going for it fourth and, fourth and two, fourth and goal all year, how do you not do it in the Super Bowl when you when you should have all your chips out? You know what I mean? Um, the Eagles brought everything they had. <clears throat> they had to. And Brady did, too, because they couldn't stop Brady. They couldn't stop him for one second until they did. And that's what that was the deciding factor of the game, that turnover, because it was you score, I score, you score, I score. And it, it, it probably would have held up true what I said with you score, I score, but the defense came in and, and took over finally. Um, so they, they made it you score, I score, you I score, you don't score, you know. Um, Josh McDaniels is a <laughs> fucking clown. Here we go. Tell waiting. us how you feel. Tell us how you this. feel. I was waiting for this. Go ahead. Yep. Tell us how you feel. Danny had his rant on Green Bay. We'll let you have yours. Go ahead. Here's my thing, though. Danny ranted about Green Bay because he had problems that he was trying to figure out. And, you know, it was something that you couldn't do nothing about. Josh McDaniels, you don't want to fucking coach. Get the fuck out of here. Like, that's really all I can tell you. Like, what did Chris Ballard say, which is the GM of the Colts? He said, you're either in or you're out. It's no black and white. It's not, I, I don't even want to hear why you don't want to be with us. Just, okay. The, 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 the conversation was five minutes long when McDaniels told Ballard about not wanting to take the job anymore. Ballard didn't, you know, try to please him to, to stay or convince him. He told him, all right, that's how you feel. We don't, it's 2018. Right we don't do that with these girls. We, got, we don't do that with these coaching <laughs> positions. Uh-uh. We got Danny's Grammy, grandpa, uh, Frank Reich. <laughs> Trying to coach, uh, he's actually the Eagles uh, offense coordinator. I don't know he's who that, I don't know who that man is. Um, I don't, I don't have an Uncle Frank. I don't have an Uncle Frank. Bill's defense coordinator, <laughs> Leslie Frazier, is also uh, going to be interviewed. I know we wanted to interview Dan Campbell. I hope we don't hire him. Um, and Man Campbell. I think I think the best player, uh, posi- uh, excuse me, not player, but coach for the job is going to be Reich. Coach, coach Reich, look at that. Coach Reich, um, offensive mind. We obviously saw what he did in Philadelphia this year. Who wouldn't want something like that on your team? Um, Man, has dropped 41 in the Super Bowl. On New England, on Belichick's head. So, yeah, I don't got much time to spend on on, on Mc, Mc, McDaniels, McRoberts, whatever his fucking name is. McBitch. Fucking Mc, McFat. I'm not going to say that word. Excuse me, guys. I would love to see – I mean, we saw a lot of before and after of – Philly fans before and after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We saw for the Patriot fans before and after the Super Bowl. I would love to see a before and after of the Detroit Lion fans because how are you even some... I mean, I know he's, quote-unquote, a Bill Belichick protege and this and that. I was just about to mention that. After, I'm, I'm, I got so tired. I mean, I'm, already, I'm a Dolphin fan, so I get tired of the Patriots regardless. But I got so tired of hearing this bend but don't break well in the Super Bowl Nick Foles and Doug Peterson shattered your defense with out Malcolm Butler for God knows why we may never know because we know everything in that organization is hush hush so we may never know the real exactly. reason but if you're a Detroit Lions fan I hope you know what you're getting yourself into this season coming <laughs> up because it's this, this Super Bowl felt a little bit like Packers versus Lions to me because one Matt Patricia Garbage, the pencil, lion, the lion's pencil, new boy, pencil in the ear, fucking guy. <laughs> the lion's new boy gave up forty-one in the fucking Super Bowl, and on the other hand, Doug Peterson, he was quarterback with Brett Favre in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He's part of the reason why Rodgers is as good as he is right now because he was the quarterbacks coach mm-hmm. uh, when Rodgers was still developing. So, 
Fuck Matt Patricia. <laughs> Fuck Matt Patricia. Fuck the Lions. And I love Doug Peterson. We're going to get Eagles Packers in the NFC Championship next year. Oh, and by the but way. LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long are coming to Green Bay, and they're going to win another Super Bowl. <laughs> Just keep the train rolling, you know? If Gronkowski actually considers retiring to pursue acting. It's lit. No. It'll be the biggest bitch ever. He'll be doing Bud Literally. Light commercials. Literally. Because <laughs> one, he's not funny. Two, he's the worst tight end in NFL history. And three, I think we all hate the Patriots. I know I do. So I know Justin. If does. you're a Patriots fan and you're listening to this podcast, you guys suck. Who, team, who loses in the Super Bowl? Your team Bowl? is trash. Your coach is trash. Everybody on your team is trash except for Danny Amendola. And James White. James White and Tom Brady. Chris Hogan. <laughs> Did he, is he from Broward? Did he, did he, he looks like a vampire. No, nah, he went but, to Florida or something? No, nah, he played yeah, for the Dolphins. He's trash then. He played for the Dolphins. He's I'm trash. kind of salty to let him go. He's trash. When did he play for the Dolphins? When we had Reggie. Reggie is actually the one that gave him the nickname 7-Eleven. He was when we were on Hard Knocks. We had uh, the whole Chad Johnson situation. situation. Oh, my God. Phil, um, we're not going to bring up that name <laughs> in this podcast. I could bring Philbin up. No, we're good. Danny can. <laughs> I will not. <gasps> He's about to bring our offense back to 2011. It's going to be nice. All I know is that the Colts need to either draft Bradley Chubb or Saquon Barkley. And I'll be Bro, Barkley and Marlon Mack? In that fucking scary, bro. Oh. But we don't have no pass rush, man. We need we need pass rush. So, um, I mean, this football season's over. That wraps things up for the 2017 2018 football season. What the hell are we supposed to talk about? Right. I mean, we got basketball. That's about it. Baseball's about to start in a few weeks. Spring training starts actually. So, Danny's gonna get all right. Danny's gonna get on his baseball grind. I'm gonna make him watch baseball. You watch baseball, Justin? I do not. You don't. So you got to get on your grind, too. Mm. Unless I'm, I'm about to be out here sunning y'all with the baseball stuff. About to change the name of this shit to the most things sports <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Something. The most things sports. I know uh, Danny's usually the one that be dropping stats, but I got one. Mm. Uh-oh. Doug Peterson okay. is the only person to beat Bill Belichick as a player and a coach. I heard, yep. Yep. Word. Yep. Nobody's ever done it. Lay it. And my f- stat stands true. It's not my stat, but it's the stat that I was happy about. Nick Foles and Eli Manning are the only two quarterbacks to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady's only ever lost to the NFC uh, East. Yep. So that's another interesting stat. Damn. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Okay. So maybe the Cowboys and Redskins will do it next week. Yeah, I don't see we just had a mic drop. Damn, that was a mic drop. That right was there. a mic drop. NFC East champs. <laughs> um, no, nah, but that about wraps things up. It's been a wild, you know, week in sports. It's been a wild day. Day in sports or basketball. Year oh. in football. Before we go, shout out uh, Tom Brady for winning the MVP. Todd Gurley, Offensive Player of the Year. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald Defensive, Defensive Player of the Year. year. Marshawn Lattimore, Rookie of the Year, Defensive. Uh, Alvin Kamara, offensive rookie of the year. We called a few of those. I thought they would have. I thought they would have picked someone Kamara. on Jacksonville. We, we called. We called Gurley, and I think we shouldn't have. I think we shouldn't have. 
for MVP. I don't think we should. I just didn't want to pick Brady because I felt like it was too obvious. But was, I, I wanted them yeah, to switch it up. No, I hear but. but he won Offensive Player of the Year for that reason, you know, because he was the Offensive Player of the Year. He just wasn't the overall best player in football this year. I still would have liked to see someone from Jacksonville win the Defensive Player of the Year. I would have liked to see like someone from predicted. Jacksonville stop Tom Brady. Yeah, me too. So, with that said, <laughs> that wraps up episode 24. Um, any last words you guys got for the crowd? Um, like, subscribe. Interesting enough, I read that Jordan Clarkson, I guess they still got that Mamba mentality. Uh, Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance will wear number 8 and number 24, respectively. Wow. That Mamba mentality. The they're bringing it. They're bringing guys. it to Cleveland. They're bringing it to Cleveland. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I Shout thought that was them. funny. Shout out to them. So yeah, that wraps things up. See you guys next week, uh, virtually. <laughs> Hear us next week. We out. Used to make hard, make it look easy. Take the top back and make it look easy. Two double cups, make it look easy. Too much shrimp got me looking queasy. That's how I'm feeling on the runway. Outfit looking like the runway. Every day I'm trying to get a couple stacks. Double part the double lard and double back. Known to give an old school a heart attack. Known to buy a new car if I got a flat. Better ask about me, bitch, you better know. Okay, bitch, this an AP, this a rolling. You ain't never make it rain, Tony, Tony, Tony. Don't you know your homie phony, please don't approach me. Chronicles are the chronic in the digit scale. And strip a pussy on my motherfucking fingernail. Okay, bitch, I run and duck. Okay, bitch, you going back. Okay, bitch, I'm from the trap. Okay, bitch, you heard of that. Okay, bitch, you know they flexing. Okay, bitch, you know it's strap. Okay, bitch, I'm from the south side of town. You better ask. Okay, bitch, we going up. Okay, bitch, I'm in the zone. Okay, bitch, I got a home. They got a home. They got a home. Okay, bitch, we going on. Okay, bitch, I got a pool. Okay, bitch, I got a pool. They got a pool. They got a pool. Yeah, Versace for the weekend. The devil well proud I'm a demon. A heathen. I gave the meat to vegans. The last time I hit the Gucci store, I had to sneak in. I'ma need a girl tonight. I need someone to sleep in. Pool in my backyard. I never stuck my feet in. Rapper make the league and your pockets look petite. Okay, bitch, I'm going off. Okay, bitch, I got that sauce. Okay, bitch, I'm on a double date. It's hun in the Ross. Okay, bitch, I got a cross. Land on top of another cross. Land on top of another cross. I'm killing them. Sorry for your loss. Somebody gotta call it off. A lot of bodies hauling off the marble floor. Counting top. I got a gun. Know how to talk. I got a scared of don't lie. Legends don't die. Where would I be if I ain't try? Remember, truth came through Gobby Row with AI. Gucci slippers on, nigga. You can never tie. Okay, bitch, I run and duck. Okay, bitch, you going back. Okay, bitch, I'm from the trap. Okay, bitch, you heard of that. Okay, bitch, you know they flexing. Okay, bitch, you know it's strap. Okay, bitch, I'm from the south side of town. You better ask. Okay, bitch, we going on. Okay, bitch, I'm in the zone. Okay, bitch, I got a home. They got a home. They got a home. Okay, bitch, we going on. Okay, bitch, I got a pool. Okay, bitch, I got a pool. They got a pool. They got a pool.